Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is June 7th, 2022, and this is episode 85. Well, race fans, I hope you've enjoyed the exhibition events that H1 has put on this year so far. Back in May, H1 was down in Vancouver, Washington. They traveled there with four race teams. And last Friday, they traveled up the Columbia River over to Kennewick and had five teams running on the water. If you got the chance to be there in person, hopefully you enjoyed it. I got a chance to talk to a few race fans that were there and live and really just enjoyed seeing boats on the water again. And if you weren't there, I hope you enjoyed the live stream. It's so nice as a fan to have that option so we can feel like we're there and part of the event. I know I had that on in my class because it was during the work week once again. I got to have that on in the background as we did some <laughs> some academics in my classroom. Luckily the principal didn't walk in so I didn't have to make it make up anything. But and and don't if you see my principal, don't tell him about that. But I did have some conversations with my students about the boats, so that was pretty fun to see live stream broadcast again with some of those cool aerial shots from those drone footage. Love seeing that. Hopefully we can get more of that this year. And I know there's a lot of things that you want to talk about, and I want to talk about too about the season because there's some fast boats. There's some innovations on that beacon plumbing that look pretty cool. The Home Street's fast as always. A couple of boats, are, well, Home Street did a 166. The Beacon Plumbing did a 164. Uh, Lake Ridge Paving did a 159 with the U9 there. So fast boats this year. We've got the Gold Cup coming up in a few weeks in Gunnersville. The season is upon us. But because we're so ready for racing and so excited for it, I really want to go back and revisit a classic race. If you're like me, which I know a lot of you out there are, sometimes you go on YouTube and revisit those highlights from yesteryear of hydroplane racing, where there was a favorite race from the 80s, the 90s, the 60s, uh, or even last season. Uh, YouTube has a lot of great video footage of the races from ESPN broadcast to local broadcasting to even home videos of the hydroplane racing. And you can lose hours pretty quickly watching those old videos, reliving those old days and the nostalgia of hydroplane racing. But with the podcast medium, it is also a great chance to do that with the radio broadcasts because the radio broadcast has that other flavor of nostalgia. When I was a kid growing up in the 90s, that was how I was able to listen to the races and get the updates of the races by listening to the radio, by listening to the voice talents of Jim Hendricks and Steve Montgomery as they brought brought hydroplane racing to my living room in Renton, Washington. Thinking back on that, I can remember staring at my stereo and listening to the duels of Pico and Smoke and Joe's and Budweiser. And we're not going to hear all those names from 1984, but there are some names that you'll remember and some very notable people in the sport from that time frame as well. Before I talk about this race, I do want to thank John Osterberg with Peel Point Publishing, the author of Dragon Days, which if you have not checked that book out yet, please, you should, and you'll thank me later. Dragon Days is a great book about hydroplane racing and what hydroplane racing meant to this community in Seattle in the 1950s and 1960s. It talks about a lot of tales from different teams, different races, but it also talks about the Bartle Racing Team, how it was started and how, and how it evolved, and the important people around the sport in that time frame. 
It's an ebook. You can find that on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Was, there's some great photos in that of that time frame, but it's it's a read that you won't want to put down. So if you haven't checked it out, please check that out today because we're able to do this episode because of John. So John, thank you for sharing the audio for these races so we can listen to this and revisit this once again. Okay, so we're going to be listening to the 1984 Thunderbolt World Championship at Clear Lake, Texas. This race was held on October 7th, 1984. When this race was held, I was 36 days old, not years. I was 36 days old. I was born September 2nd. So this was really, I think, the second race <laughs> the URC put on after uh, I was born. Obviously, I was way too young to, to remember this, but this race does stand out for me for a few different reasons. Growing up, I had a couple boxes that were filled with video cassette tapes that my dad would record Heisman races on from the ESPN broadcasts, the local Seattle broadcasts, some home footage of different races and, and test sessions. But this was probably, was this is one of those races that was in my cycle that I would go back to and revisit again and again for a few different reasons. Some of the boats in 1984 were just so unique, odd, and beautiful. There were so many different power plants being used in that year. There was the the new turbines were around, but you still had the classic Merlins, turbocharged Allisons, the Griffin engines. You had a boat with outboard engines on the back of it. Uh, you had a lot of different unique talents and boats out there. But as I said, this race was only held about a month after I was born. My father did go down to this, this event. He went down there uh, with a few friends, Rocky Fredell and Bob Brackett, and raced in, their, uh, in the Texas local club as they held their own RC World Championship event. And my father brought down a beautiful model in 1984, Miss Budweiser, and he was able to win that. So he was actually crowned uh, RC World Scale World Champion for that year, which was a high honor for himself. He was very proud of that. He was able to, he actually was in, noted in a magazine about that. He had a picture taken for an ad for Key B powered engines. Uh, as they uh, wanted to advertise that he used that their brand of engines to win that race and the one win that world championship and so i just remember that being a big deal for my father as he talked would share stories about that event down there but the race itself just was so unique and flavorful it was a two and a half mile race course with six laps so i had an extra lap for the world championships so there's a lot of racing some of the teams had issues with their fuel uh, being able to to run that far and run that long. Notably, I think the Miss Renault had the, the hardest time with that. They were actually the, the returning champions for the year. They won the previous year in 1983. But there's some just some cool boats that, that year. There was the Merlin Powered Squire Shop, who was a top qualifier at 128.187. The brand new Turbine Atlas Van Lines, the Griffin Bud. You had the turbocharged Allison, Miss Renault. You had the Winged Wonder, as it was run for the Miss Madison racing team as American Speed of Printing. You had Bob Patterson's U80 Houston Gold Cup. You had Jerry Hopp racing the Rampage 3. You had Steve Reynolds racing for Steve Loomer, a new owner in the sport, for Tosti Osti. Uh, you had a lot of different boats out there. You had that Texmo with the three outboard engines on there, that tunnel hole. They actually qualified for the first time in 1984 in Houston, just barely over 100 miles per hour. That was a huge feat for them just to qualify. They didn't do very well in the race. I think they didn't finish one heat and finished one heat in last place. 
You had 225,000 people in attendance. And the fastest lap of the day was actually Steve Reynolds in the final heat with his Tosti Asti at 133 miles per hour. You'll hear the announcers talk about how fast these boats were back then. And 128, 133 miles per hour was lightning quick for them. But think about the boats today as you fast forward almost 40 years into the future and they're going 166 miles per hour. So Home Street Bank over in preseason testing in Kennewick did a lap of 166.257. Beacon Plumbing did a lap of 164.504. So the boats nowadays restricted on fuel are able to go over 166 miles an hour, getting close to 170. It's just interesting to note how things have changed and how excited they were to see that 130 mile an hour mark uh, be, be topped. All right, I don't want to give too much away if you haven't heard this broadcast before. So just enjoy, sit back, and let's strap into the time machine as we travel back to 1984 to hear the 1984 Thunderbolt World Championship at Clear Lake, Texas. From Clear Lake, Texas, near Houston, it's the Light Beer and Clear Thunderboat World Champion Race for Unlimited Hydros. Thunderboat 1984. final race of the 1984 season is brought to you by American Speedy Printing. We're fast, we're good, we're ready. By Renault, the one to watch. And by Budweiser, King of Beers. For all you do, this bus for you. And brought to you locally in your area by Crown Distributors of Everett. Texas and Jim Hendricks. Well, thank you much, Hank O'Neill. This is the Curtain Closer 1984, the Light Beer Clear World Championship. Defending champion is Miss Renault. She did not make it in the final. She's an alternate. So we will have, as the way it looks, the new world champion for unlimited Thunderbolts in 1984. Our sidekick today is Steve Montgomery from Seattle. Our other sidekick, John Foyer, really wrapped up with ESPN. I just cut off our ESPN cameras, and we'll have the show in about a week for you. So watch your ESPN cable for the World Championship on television. Meanwhile, we had 12 boats start out today. We're down to the fastest six boats. We'll have Steve Montgomery recap each 1A and 1B, but first, this timeout. Back here on Clear Lake, Texas, just south of Houston, Steve Montgomery, if you will. Show us how we eliminated the field from 12 to 6, starting with Heat 1A. Well, Jim, as you recall, in Heat 1A, we had one of the most beautiful six-boat starts of the season. The six boats literally side-by-side side as they came down in front of us. Steve Reynolds leading the field, but only by a little bit, but the turbine boat died after three-quarters of a lap, and then it was Miss Budweiser, Jim Cropfeld, taking over the lead. Miss Renault Milner Irvin passed the beer boat on the second lap and was actually the leader at the end of lap two, but Jim Cropfeld put uh, Bernie's boat back in front and led from three through six. It was Miss Budweiser, the winner of Heat 1A, followed by the Miss Renault, the U-80, Bob Patterson's boat, running as the Houston Gold Cup 85, then the U-22, Joe Ritchie's Spirit of Detroit with Todd Yarling, Jerry Hopps' Rampage 3, finishing fifth in the Tosti Osti, the only did not finish in Heat 1A. 
In 1B, Tommy D took the light all-star back in the pits before the start and scored no points. The uh, Squire shop with Mickey Raymond and the Atlas van lines made good starts, ran side-by-side -side one lap, and again, the turbine boat settled into the water right in front of us, did not finish lap one. It was Mickey Raymond and the Squire the rest of the way, and Jim, that crew had a frantic morning after losing a prop and the rudder this morning in a testing session. They got it back into 1B in time with some help from Jim Lucero, of course, the Atlas crew chief who built the boat, and uh, they were followed across the line by the Executone and the American Speedy Print with Ron Snyder also driving on a borrowed engine, so a lot of swapping going around here. Those three boats, the only one scoring points. The Atlas did not finish. The Texmo, the outboard-powered boat, came close, but he lost one or two of those three engines and ended up being black flag. Tommy D scored no points either, Jim, in the Heat 1B. And the borrowed engine for the American Speedy Printing came from the Joe Ritchie Spirit of Detroit racing team out of Madison, and I think that showed good sportsmanship. They're going to run that engine in the final. 225,000 plus people are here on the banks of Clear Lake, Texas. We'll have all the action from E2A2B after this from your local sponsor. Back here at Clear Lake, Texas for the World Championships 1984. Let's quickly pick up the reaction of Steve Montgomery and all the action that we had and a couple of surprises in Heat 2A2B. Well, the problem was the Atlas the first time out, Jim, was it lost another prop. Could not make it back in the water for 2A, so their day was over. The Atlas van lines didn't make the gun for 2A. American Speedy Print with that borrowed engine won the race. Ron Snyder. The U-80, the Houston Gold Cup, which is Bob Patterson's boat, was second. Uh, Jerry Hopp in the Rampage 3 was third. The Squire Shop started back behind the field, but was unable to finish. Heat 2A with mechanical problems. So in 2A, it was the American Speedy Print, Houston Gold Cup, the U-80, and the Rampage 3 scoring points. Squire Shop Atlas and Executone did not score. In 2B, here's a surprise, Jim. For the first time this year, two turbine boats side-by-side -side for five laps leading this Budweiser, if you will. The Miss Saucy Aussie, Steve Reynolds, taking the win. The light all-star right behind him, Tommy Deep, and an ailing Miss Budweiser, taking it easy, running third. The Texmo finished the six laps this time with all three outboards working for fourth-place points. The Joe Ritchie Spirit of Detroit ran fifth, and the Miss Renault ran sixth. And one other result today, Jim, our celebrity race in the Mercury Outboard Cub Formula 4 boat. The winner was Tom Seva, the 1983 Indianapolis champion. And I understand it's a minor accident that the mayor of one of the nearby cities ran over astronaut Alan Shepard and cut his arm, but he's all right. But they all had a good time. That was a fun race. Okay, the final field will set for you after this from your local sponsor. Back here at Clear Lake, Texas for the Lake Beer Clear World Championship 1984. Our boats are on the field as I see. One, two, three, four, five. Still waiting for one more. And as you will see, Montgomery, run down the final field as they warm up. 625 points, the most anyone has scored so far today, Jim. The American Speedy Print has done that, as has the Miss Budweiser. So those two made the final heat easily. The U-80, the Houston Gold Cup. Ron uh, Armstrong's boat at 525 is in. The two boats that finished first twice and did not finish twice with 400 points are in. The Tosti Austi, Steve Reynolds, and the Squire Shop with Mickey Raymond. And the uh, sixth boat to make the field with 325 points was the Rampage 3, Jerry Hopp's boat from Seattle. And that's your sixth boat field, Jim. Okay, the one-minute gun is fired. Now as they start to go up to the left, which is an eastern end of the course, the course runs a two-and-a-half-mile oval. There'll be six laps around, 15 miles. To our left is the eastern part of the course. To our right is the western part of the course. We're on the north side of Clear Lake. As they come down, it looks like this Budweiser and Square are getting over to the boy line. Let's see who wants to take it. It looks like it's going to be the Square Shop so far. Whoa, Square Shop slides over the second slot. Budweiser with Jim Croppell will take lane one. Square Shop will take 
lane two. In lane three is the American Speedy Pretty. Nope, it's going to be the, the Houston Gold Cup sitting into lane number three. Then the American Speedy lane four. The far outside is the Tassiasi and also the U-20, which is the Ramp 3 as they all come up. We've got just about three seconds, two seconds, one second. Tassiasi on the money and out front first. Tassiasi first. Followed by the Squire Shop, followed by Budweiser as they down, down to the number one corner, which is the western turn. All we see now in our view is a bunch of rooster tails, looks like Niagara Falls, and if you will, Steve Reynolds, who's out of there first? Mickey Raymond's in trouble in the Squire Shop. He got wet down and slowed down right in front of us. Steve Reynolds had his nose right on the start-finish line as they came by us. He was right on the gun. He's leading the field now as they turn up the backstretch. It is the Tossiossi, Steve Reynolds, and he's opening up some water on the Miss Budweiser, but... Jim Cropfeld has the beer boat on the inside. He'll be trouble in the turn, Jim. Okay, as they come down the corner, number three, Tassiasi with about a five-boat length lead over Miss Budweiser, followed by the American Speedy printing. Then it comes the Houston Gold Cup, followed by Squire, and then the Rampage. Those are our six boats, as they come around the complete lap number one of six times around this two-and-a-half-five oval, kicking it off. Coming off the exit pin, hooking a little bit to the left. It's the Tassiasi, and now the Budweiser starts to move up in about three boat lengths. It's the Tassiasi leading after one lap. Steve Reynolds has got it all together. Here comes Crossfield, the Budweiser. He's going to challenge. Here's the completion of lap number one. Tassiasi, Budweiser, American Speedy Freddy, Houston Gold Cup, Fire Shop, Rampage in that order as they come down to you, Steve. Call him out of corner number one. Steve Reynolds ran that lap at 132.880 miles per hour. The Budweiser at 129.2. He really has his foot in it. Coming up fast now, the fourth place boat, Mickey Raymond of the Squire Shop. Got a bad start, but he's marking them down now. He just went by the U80. Ronnie Armstrong, fast stretch now. The Tossiossi has opened up some water on the Budweiser. Tossiossi comes down the back chute right now and has opened up about a 12-boat length lead as he comes down to corner number three. The question is, they've had their problems. Head it home together for six laps. That's the answer Steve Wilmer wants to know, and the rest of the Tassiasi crew, and of course the driver Steve Reynolds, he wants to know as he hangs it on the hook in the apexes of corners three and four, comes around the complete lap number two. As he comes off the exit pin, he still has about a 10 boat length lead over Miss Budweiser in the World Championship 1984, and here he comes, it's the Tassiasi out of Seattle, Budweiser's in trouble, Budweiser's, Budweiser's trouble, blowing Jim. smoke. Budweiser's slow and spoken now. He's quitted out. Looks like he might have loaded up, but he's quitted out now. He's got it going again, but I still see raw fuel coming out of there. Reynolds did it again, 132.7 miles per hour. Budweiser is not healthy. Coming by us now and slowing down a bit at 119.9. So Steve Reynolds is on his way to the bank if he can keep it going, Jim. Now coming by the third place boat is Ronnie Snyder in the American Speedy Print, followed by Mickey Raymond in the Squire Shop. He's running easily, not completely healthy. Then it's back away to the U-80, and behind him still running is Jerry Hoff in the Rampage 3. All right, our leader's now down the back chute with now a, about a quarter of a mile lead. If he could just keep it in the engine housing, toss the RC with Steve Reynolds as he comes down to corner number three. When he comes around, he'll have three laps completed. Budweiser starting to slow down off of the second corner down the back chute and coming up the challenge is American Speedy Printing. Budweiser's got it going together, but he's going to get a challenge for second place from American Speedy Printing to Ron Sutter, and the Budweiser engine is not that well. You can see smoke coming off one of the banks as our leader comes off of corner number four to be halfway through the final heat for world champion 1984. It's the Tassiasi as he comes down towards you, Steve, pick up his speed. American Speedy Print goes by the Budweiser into second place. Jim Cropfield probably will not finish. He's got problems. Reynolds slows it down to 127.659. 
He is now into the first turn. He has an entire straightaway lead over the second place boat, which is now the American Speedy Print. Ron Snyder turns it left, comes down toward us in the Budweiser, blowing a lot of black smoke. Is about to drop into fourth place because the Squire Shop is going to go by him into third, Jim. Our leader now with three and a quarter laps under his belt, two and three quarter laps to go as the Tostiasi as he comes off of the exit pin. Off the back shooter starts down, and he's got three and a half laps into this six-lapper with a straightaway lead. Our second-place boat just going to the turn number one, American Speedy Pretty with Ron Snyder. Taking over third place now as the Budweiser's really bubbling is the Squire Shop with Nicky Riemann. Budweiser going very slow, and I think he's returning to the pitch. Moving up now is the U80 Houston Gold Cup 1985 as that boat is entitled, plus the Rampage 3 brings up the rear. But our leader, here's the story. A man who has not won in many years, and a tough crew, the Tostiasi team, working hard, working around the clock, day and night, having its problems with that turbine, showing brilliance in the first part of the year, going down to a new low last year, or last couple of races, but now can hold it together for just two more laps. And the Tostiasi can be the world champion of 1984. There's the completion of lap number four. Two more laps to go, Steve. Pick up his speed. Steve Reynolds slows it down a little bit, taking it easy now at 115.606 miles per hour. It looked to me like Mickey Raymond and the Squire Shop might be gaining some on the second place boat, but his last time around, he was at 112 miles per hour, and Ron Snyder kept it at 115. So perhaps the American Speedy Print boat, the old Miss Madison, the old pay and pack, can hold on for second place here. He comes by us now, running easily again at 116 miles per hour, so he's got his foot in it pretty good. Now comes uh, Mickey Raymond, the Squire Shop, not sounding just right, Jim, as he comes by in third place. Mickey got a very bad start. He got some water in the boat and uh, ended up behind the entire field, so he comes by now at 112 miles per hour as Steve Reynolds is in the middle of his fifth lap and is halfway up the backstretch. Steve Reynolds has just a little over one lap to go, and he'll take the world crown for 1984 in unlimited high-to-plane racing. As he comes now in the corner number three and lays it on the hook, you can see that extra rooster tail coming up off the left. Bounces just a little bit in the eastern turn. Comes off of corner number four. The green flag is out. That'll tell Steve Reynolds and the Tostiasi team that they've got one more lap to go. This is when they hear gremlins. This is when they hope to hope together. And the Tostiasi comes down now as he leads by a good straightaway with one more left to go. The green flag for Tostiasi with Steve Reynolds as he now begins his final lap. The checker flag is the next one that will wait for him. Our second place boat going way wide is the American Speedy Printing. Coming off of corner number four, the exit pin, and that, of course, is Ron Snyder from Pickle, Ohio. From Seattle, Mickey Riemann in the square shop, currently in third, is now coming off the exit pin to take the final lap for him in third place. Fourth place, Houston Gold Cup 1985. And then in fifth place is the Rampage 3 with Jerry Hopp. The Budweiser is out of the race. Jim, this morning at breakfast, the talk was who will win the race? Will it be Squire or Budweiser? A very popular idea going around was that if neither one of them could win, they'd like to see Steve Woomer, Steve Reynolds, Jerry Verhill, Danny Walters, Ricky, the whole crew from the Tosti Aussie. If he can hold it together, this will be a very popular victory. He's got a half a lap to go. I know that Bernie Little has rooted for that Woomer team because he knows that they are a class act and they wanted to do something this year. And boy, they have. This salvage is the whole season. He's going to do it. He's got a quarter of a lap to go, and Steve Reynolds can just about coast at home from here his first win in a turbine-powered boat. As he comes off of corner number four, the checker flag is ready. Steve Woomer, the rest of that crew, stopping up and down on the dock. Here's the checker flag, the world champion of 1984 in the curtain closer for this season for Unlimited Thunderboat. Steve Reynolds in the turbine-powered Tassiasi, the world champion of 1984. All right. 
they worked very hard, Steve Montgomery, and they, have, you know, as I said, the other owners have worked very hard and have done a lot of things, but that team really deserves some recognition, and they caught it with that win right now. I honestly think that if Steve Reynolds were not one of my best friends in the world, I'd still be excited. That's going to be a popular victory in the Unlimited Fraternity. Second place comes into American Speedy Printing, a fine join. This team has had rough luck the last five races, but they have held on for a second place to the runner-up for the World Championship for American Speedy Printing. Third goes to Nicky Riemann in the square shop. Fourth overall will go to the Houston Gold Cup 85 in the U80, driven by Ron Armstrong. Overall fifth will go to the U20 with Jerry Hopp in the Rampage 3. And overall sixth to Miss Budweiser with Jim Cropfield. And I'll be back in a moment. Power. Turbo power. Ron with Steve Montgomery back here at the pit. Uh, not the pit, but the starting line as the boats return to the pits here. And the 1984 Light Beer Clear World Championship is now history. And it's been won by Steve Reynolds out of Seattle and the Tostiasi, the owner, Woomer, and of course the sponsor Tostiasi with main offices in Troy, Michigan, and this one victory has made them the world champion. And Bernie Little once said, Steve Reynolds, you can win a national championship, you can win the Gold Cup, but you win world championship in anything, they call you world championship, that means a lot, and it does, I'm sure, to the Tostiasi team today. We told Jim Crawfield last night at dinner, you win this race, you can walk down the streets of Italy and tell them you're the world championship of boat racing. Well, the only thing is the boat with the Italian colors. The green and red group won the world championship. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. Tostiasi was on the money at the start, and he led wire to wire. He had some serious challenges from the square shop Budweiser, to be sure, in the first turn, and the rest of the fleet was there. But as he did, he was very consistent. He kept the engine going. That's a credit to the crew of the Tostiasi, and they have worked hard all year long. I mean, they have had their problems, and they even had their problems in qualifying this week. They had their problems in the first heat today if something stopped on the engine. The one problem, Jim, that was present in San Diego was the overheating due to the salt content in the air and the water was present here. And the Tostiasi team felt their only chance was to run three different engines and hope that each one would make it through its respective heat. The plan worked twice. Once it didn't, but the 400 points scored by Steve in his preliminary got him into the final. The engine they used in the final made it through, obviously, and now they are the world champions. A very exciting day for boat racing to have a, a brand new crew, a brand new boat, a driver who has won before, but not a lot, and a very popular driver, be the world champions. It'll be a good banquet tonight. Yeah, and I'm going to have to miss it, because I got a World Series assignment, but I don't know where I'm going. The Chicago Cubs and the San Diego Padres play today. Whoever wins, well, if San Diego wins, I head for San Diego tonight on a plane on a Continental Airlines, and I'll make it to, to, for time for practice tomorrow to start my World Series show. If the Cubs win that fifth and final game in the National League, I head back to Detroit because they practice tomorrow because the series would open in Detroit if the Cubs are the opposition for the Tigers. just occurred to me, if you ask Steve Reynolds right now, who's going to win the World Series, he'd say, I don't care. No, I won the World Championship and <laughs> I don't right. care. We'll be back after this word from your local sponsor. Back here in Clear Lake, Texas, we're just south of Houston, and this World Championship 1984 has closed the curtain on our entire 10-race season. It started back in June in Miami with stops in Syracuse, Detroit, Evansville, Madison, Tri-Cities, Seattle, San Diego, Lake of the Ozark, Missouri, and now here in the Houston, Texas area. It's been an interesting season with the turbines going against the reciprocals, a lot of controversy. They, some say they want to ban the turbines. Now, this may be a point to ban the turbines, but I don't know. I think you may have to go with the flow. They're going to have in a couple of weeks their national meetings at Atlantic uh, City, New Jersey. And then the Rules Committee will go and look at it. But whatever it is, the word is unlimited, whether it be Turbine, Turbo, Merlin, Griffin, you name it. And I'll tell you one thing, speeds are picking up. 
What was the top speed? Was that over 133 mile an hour that first lap? Right near 133. His average was over 120. It's dropped off our screen now, but uh, Steve Reynolds ran 5-6. Very quick laps and very consistent. Well, we're waiting for Steve Reynolds. We were told that his police car, and of course we do this every week, uh, we cannot bring it by boat because where we are on the north shore of Clear Lake, they bring a, a boat in there, they destroy it because of all the rocks and the break wall. So by the street that runs parallel in back of us, they're supposed to bring a quarter of a mile away as the pit area to our right to bring the scout car and the winning team up here for interviews. And boy, I'm anxious to talk to him. He's just got to be bubbly. I hope he makes it. When we went, uh, we finished the heat, he had eight minutes to make it here, Jim. When I heard that, I chuckled because it'll take him that long to get off of the boat, as excited as those people are going to be down here. Steve Reynolds shows up up here. When you look at that mass of humanity he has to come through, 225,000 people are uh, here with us in Clear Lake. If Steve Reynolds makes it here, that'll be a bigger accomplishment than winning the race. <laughs> we'll be back after this word from your local spot. Back here, Clear Lake, Texas, just south of Houston, where we rang down the curtain on the 10 race Thunderboats 1984. League meetings are now uh, coming up now in Atlantic City in November, first by November, then the February meetings, and Bigger and better things. More television coverage. All of, most of our races on ESPN. And here comes our... We see the siren and lights coming right now. I don't know if he's going to make it, but we're sure going to try to get Steve Reynolds up here. They're bringing him with sirens and lights, and he said he'd be here. Now, now you say it's a big accomplishment. I he think they're going to bring him right up here. He might have done it. While we're waiting for him to come, let's quickly have this timeout. We've got about 60 seconds to go, and a man who won the world championship has made it. And, and you know, Steve Montgomery said if Reynolds makes it here in time for this broadcast, that's even doing more than winning the World Cup. <laughs> that's right. I'm never on time in my life except for the start of that final heat. Oh, Steve Reynolds, that was something. Well, Jim, listen, you're a qualified driver. I told Jerry Verhill on the back seat on the radio. I said, Jim, the timing's perfect, everybody. It's just a hair early. Let's lay a blind start on him. It's the world championship. You hit that line around the mic. Oh, I think that's got to be the best start I ever made in my career. It was. It was. There's oh, no doubt about it. And you had some challenges there, and the Budweiser and Square coming up. And you knew where they were. Oh, I knew exactly where Almost they were. Almost 133 mile an hour in that first lap competition. Oh, so my you know, goodness. You were, you were flying. Let's get Steve Wormer. He's fast oh, sure. Here, over him. He's, they're out of breath because they have to run up three flights of stairs to get up. Steve Wormer, well deserved for your team and crew. Well, thank you very much. I got the most fantastic crew and drivers that ever came down the down one of these courses. You're on a high, I can tell you, you're quivering. We've worked hard all year long. Been a little frustrated at times, but I'm sure glad we could put it all together today. Especially with the problem in the first heat to come back as strong as my crew really deserves all the credit in the world. Yes, we said that, Steve Montgomery and I said that on the radio, that it was a true victory. You've had so many disappointments, ups and downs, but this is a high and it's a good way of the end of the season. You are the world champions. They can't take that away from you, and you have salvaged the whole season, my man. For you, your driver, your crew, and for Tostiasi sponsorship. Thank you very much, and thanks to all the fans and our wonderful sponsor, Tostiasi. All right, thank you very much, Steve Woomer, and thank you very much, Steve Reynolds, for making it on time. And that wraps it up for the 1984 season. Our thanks to Steve Montgomery, of course, Don Porter has worked us throughout the year, all the radio stations, and our engineer, Eddie Bush. Until Sunday Boats 1985 next year, congratulations to Tostiasi World Champions, and we say so long. Today's light beer and clear Thunderboat World Championship, the season closer, has been brought to you by Renault, the one to watch. By American Speedy Printing, we're fast, we're good, we're ready. By Budweiser, King of Beers, for all you do, this Bud's for you. And brought to you locally in your area by Crown Distributors of Everett.
Radio 123 is KWYZ Everett. It's 3 o'clock. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.